0: Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 219 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips for small business owners. That's a relatively new tagline I'm trying. Uh, It used to be the podcast that asked, how did you build that? But we're, we're expanding beyond that, and I'm really excited about that. So uh, first, before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsors, Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and the Events Calendar. You'll be hearing about them later in the show. But first, I want to bring on Beth Hannon. Beth Hannon is the CEO of Bet Hannon Business Websites, and we are going to be talking about their website accessibility sampling audit. Uh, in an earlier episode, I spoke to Amber Hines about... Uh, uh, accessibility in general, their tool, the Accessibility Checker. Now we're going to learn how an agency actually goes about uh, doing an audit and helping their clients uh, not get sued and have a more accessible website. So, Bet, how are you today? I'm great. Glad for to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. For uh, those of you who who are not Build Something Club members, Bet and I had a fantastic pre-show conversation about craft beer. So if you are interested in that, uh, you should become a Build Something Club member over at buildsomething.club. Uh, but for now, Beth, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Great. So I run an agency uh, that's focused on WordPress. I got involved with WordPress uh, in about 2008 Uh, after I had worked for 15 or so years in nonprofit management and uh, doing some techie geeky things for the organizations that I served. But my position got downsized in that financial crisis Mm. and kind of stumbled into starting to do a little freelancing and then develop that into an agency and uh, been loving it. I love um, problem solving for people. Uh, Every project's like a little puzzle to solve.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's it. That is what I... Uh, also enjoyed about when I was doing the full-time uh, freelance website making thing. That was always my favorite part. I wrote a plugin recently, uh, the first one in a while, and I was like, "Man, I miss this." Uh, <laughs> so I'll have to make it a habit of of coding regularly. It, like you you lose it too. Like it's uh like I mean it's I guess it's kind of mm-hmm. like riding a bike, but man. Things it's change. Kind of, I'm, it's, I'm missing more. I'm doing
1: less and less of that myself, yeah. you know, as I'm running the agency. But uh, but it is nice to get in. What I re- miss is diving in and doing Gravity Forms customizations. Mm,
0: nice, nice. So, well, not nice that eventually. you miss it, but nice that you would do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always liked customizing Gravity Forms. Um, so so you got into WordPress in 2008. Uh, this is, so this is your second... Uh, ec- uh, recession we'll say uh, <laughs> as we record this there's still a global pandemic. Um, yeah we
1: actually have been doing okay. I was kind of worried for a bit but um, you know a, a lot of folks really just figuring out they need web- websites or they need to revamp their websites or they need to um, repurpose their websites so yeah, yeah. We've, been,
0: we've been doing okay so. that's that's great. that's interesting. I had a conversation with Brad Morrison back in uh, May 2020. Um, about that very thing. Like we were both kind of making websites in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I feel like whenever there is a recession, people realize they need to pivot or improve their online presence. Um, espe- I mean, especially true with this current one because
1: right, yeah, right. Getting, getting, uh, uh, you know, fig- figuring out how to get information out there about when they're going to be open or how they're going to do curbside pickup or all of that stuff. Um, I am kind of notoriously bad for giving unsolicited feedback about websites. So when (laughs) I go to the local restaurant and I've looked up their thing and I go, Hey, you, your, your colors here are not accessible and this is terrible on mobile. And yeah. So anyway,
0: (laughs) yeah, that's uh, man. I would do the same thing where I'm like, you know, you, this should really be like that. Uh, However, you know, the, the yeah. PDF doesn't, doesn't download or whatever your website. Last week I went to
1: the dentist. I had paid, I paid the dentist bill from, you know, a couple months ago, but there's no way to pay it online. I had to call and give them my phone, you know, Ugh. do it over the phone. So when I went in, I said, you should really not be taking those numbers over the phone. You should be, there's it's easy to make a payment form.
0: Yeah. Call me. Yes. <laughs> Let me, yeah, exactly. Let me know. That's, I'm always incensed when you can't pay for something online or whatever. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah. Um. So you you have a WordPress agency now. Mm-hmm. You you focus. So would you say that your main focus is accessibility, or it's a it's just something you bake into every website?
1: Well, it's something we pick into every website. So we got started with accessibility um, um, almost four years ago now. We had a, a client where we were doing administrative maintenance on their site, and they are um, bi- they are still our client. They were, are a big water district in California, an agricultural water district in California. And because of the way they're connected to the state of California, they became aware that they were going to have some accessibility requirements. And they um, ask about what Needed to happen, we said, Oh, we could refer you to somebody. And they said, Well, we want to work with you and let's all learn this together. Wow. So we dived in, and our entire team got trained and uh, learned a lot about accessibility and worked through a lot of that with the client. And, um, you know, just really got hooked on when you start diving into um, what makes the site accessible, but also the power of. You know, making the website available to more people and usable by more people and, um, you know, seeing how it really can impact uh, people's lives, whether they have a permanent disability or a temporary disability, even, you know, uh, to be able to use the sites. So we just really got excited about that. And some of the best advice I got as an agency owner was never, ever put accessibility in a proposal as something to be refused. That you should never put yourself in the position of allowing the client to throw people with disabilities under the bus in terms of bringing down the cost. That uh, that for me, it's staking our reputation as an agency on um, we everything we do has accessibility baked in. And I truly believe that accessibility is going to be what mobile responsive used to be five to 10 years ago, right? And so in in another five to 10 years, everybody will be doing accessible websites and it'll just be what every self-respecting developer does. And so we're just kind of on the early curve for that.
0: Yeah, I love that. When you said that, it reminded me a lot of responsive web design, right? Because that was like something that I felt I got in on early. I saw Ethan Marcotte talk about it super early and I put it in my proposal as like, do you want a responsive website? And then I was like, why am I even asking? And like, this is, yeah. it's just going to be part of it. It'll be part of the cost. And if they want to buy a cheap website from someone else, they can.
1: Yeah. And quite frankly, mo- more often than not, when I talk to clients and I say, look, you know, this is part of what we do and we bake it into everyone. And, you know, you're, there are some legal requirements that you may or may not have. And uh, we this is, you need to do this. And they're like, oh yeah, thanks. I hadn't even thought about that yet. Right. So yeah, yeah. they're, they're usually grateful for having it. Yeah, you know, uh, the topic being brought up. So.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, it is our it's our job, right, to advocate on behalf of our clients and and inform them. <laughs> right. We uh, I I don't when I go to a pizza shop, the pizza shop shouldn't expect that I know how to make the perfect pizza. I shouldn't expect that they know how to make a website.
1: Right. Well, it's, that's kind of what we do is as freelancers and agencies right we the client comes to us and they may say i want i want this you know this this one inch <laughs> of website right and we start looking at their business. our our job is to 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 kind of take a consultative approach and to say uh you know if if you did this other if you added this on this would really impact your business in a positive way. You could really grow your business by adding this thing on or, um, or uh, tell me about how you do this sales process. Oh, we can help automate that for you. Um, You know, so that you're taking more of a consultative approach to um, helping people understand what they might, what they might need that they don't yet know that they need.
0: This episode is brought to you by restrict content pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more like Drip Out Content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. uh, I use ConvertKit and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team, and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me, and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash rcp. That's howibuilt.it slash rcp. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. So you mentioned that uh, your team got trained. What was was that like? Is there a certification process for accessibility? Mm Mm-hmm. All right i was I was gonna yeah, I was gonna add a second part to that question, but your face lit up so. <laughs> go for it. What's it like? There are,
1: they're <laughs> both. So um, so there are some, um, there's some online training. So you, there's a ton of um, training that you can do out there. So if you're just starting out and you're wanting to learn more about website accessibility, um, some free options for doing that are um, going to WordPress TV. And there've been a bunch of presentations at various WordCamps on some of the technical pieces for um, accessibility. And I'll just be the first to confess that I'm not uh, you know, uh, um, I'm not the lead developer at our agency. So um, some of those kind of technical pieces are not where I would necessarily um, be helpful to people, but, um, but there are tons of presentations at, from WordCamps um, to start getting going. There are some uh, LinkedIn learning pieces. Joe Dolson, who's a, an accessibility advocate within WordPress has a, a great um, LinkedIn learning um, course on accessibility and WordPress. Very helpful. And then we um, we had our folks do um, DQ, so D-E-Q-U-E, DQ.com, And they do services around accessibility, but they also have some learning pieces. And you can do, um, uh, you can buy, a, you know, a, basically a membership for a year to do their um, self-paced online learning pieces. So we have everybody in our group do their base level, which is just awareness about Disabilities and how um, how different um, uh, what different accommodations are. So just kind of um, educating our team about what those are, and then our um, lead developer has been doing um, more advanced pieces in preparation for taking a certification exam. So there's the um, International Association of Accessibility Professionals, and they actually have some certification pieces, and uh, and those are. Um, Several levels, in fact, and uh, those are kind of um, where where our folks are going. But in addition, we had um, so as you m- may or may not get, have guessed, right? One of the ways that you might you would test a website for accessibility uh, might be to use a you know to use yourself a screen reader so screen readers are what people who have visual impairments might want to use and it reads out loud things that are on the web page um and so you can uh, w- we've done that and our developers done that for a long time but um we became aware like i don't know maybe like 6 months ago sort of like well you can use these tools but are you using them like a visually impaired user would mm-hmm. use them
0: right
1: and so i ne- did a little networking and found the um the uh, the the consultant and agency that is uh, the Oregon Federation for the Blind refers people to. So if if I um, experienced blindness and I needed to get at training, my state would send me to this guy to learn how to use a screen reader. And we sent her to do training with him, our lead developer, and that was amazing because uh, we. We hadn't known for sure, but sure enough, people who are uh, blind and visually impaired use screen readers differently than maybe we had anticipated, and so that then helps us be better at testing what we're what we're doing and and how we're building things out.
0: So. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And I'll just I'll mention one more resource that I read because uh, there's a chapter in my book on accessibility, uh, but I I read Accessibility for Everyone. It's a it's an A Book Apart book by Sarah uh oh my gosh, her last name is escaping me right now. I'm very sorry, Sarah. Uh, oh no it's 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 not even Sarah. It's Laura Col- uh, Laura callbag Laura Kalbag <laughs> is that's right sorry uh, <laughs> but the book is fantastic. I will link that and everything that Beth just mentioned in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 219 um your mention of using a screen reader is very interesting because for the for my book uh there's a video component where I tried using one in order to show my readers how to use it to test. And honestly, it's just, I I've had never used one before, so I don't think it was the most effective demo. Um, but that that leads me to ask another question, which is um, uh, there must be resources in general for uh, uh, for testing accessibility with your, with a target audience. Right. So for example, um, I have transcripts for this podcast. Um, I suspect that there's a way for, um, uh, for, for those who, uh, forgive me. I don't know that I, I am the proper, uh, terminology is escaping me, but, um, people who are deaf or have hearing impairments, is that the right way Mm -hmm. to put it? Um, Hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, someone, someone got upset with me for saying hard of hearing, uh,
1: Well, you know, like all kinds of groups, there are a variety of takes on things. Uh, (laughs) Deaf and hard of hearing is what I see often.
0: Okay, cool. That's what I thought Um, too. I just want, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, but in any case, um, I guess, are there resources for you to test accessibility features with those who are most likely to use them?
1: Do you mean? Um, doing testing with disabled users. Yes, yes. With actual disabled users. Yes, yes. Um. Well, um. You know, people with disabilities often are chronically underemployed, mm-hmm. and so um, if you have a way that you want to do a lot of testing, you could certainly do some networking to find people who could help you with testing. Um, you should be prepared. I mean, I think you, you should never, ever ask a disabled person to test for you without getting compensated. I think that's just rude. And, uh, but you know, we have, uh, several folks that, um, test for us and consult with us when we have, um, questions. Sometimes, you know, you're testing a site and it's, it's just really hard to get a sense for if you, you know, if you, if you tabbed into this in a certain way, Mm -hmm. it might get you into a trap that you couldn't get out of. But then if you didn't, you know, how, how, what are the clues? And so just kind of having people do a, do some testing for us. And so we, we have a few people that, that do that for us.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, Resources
1: for finding those people. I don't, I mean, that's going to vary quite widely and
0: yeah. um, Gotcha. But yeah, so do, but there, but there are resources available if you, uh, do some networking, like you said, and ask around. Um,
1: yeah. You know, I would ask around at very, I mean, there's some state agencies in your state probably. And, uh, you know, you could network around about where do they send people when they need yeah. training. Yeah. And then those people who are doing training on those things may often do some consulting like that on the side.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, that makes, that makes perfect sense. So this is, this has already been super informative. Um now, you have uh, a website accessibility sampling audit, right? Um, right. In, in a previous episode, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier with Amber Hines, we kind of talked about like the uh, WCAG ratings and, and things like that, mm-hmm. which is like a, a, a sort of an automated thing, right? You go to a website, you get a rating. If it's double A, great. If it's triple A, even better. But we still need a person uh, auditing yeah. the website, right? Yeah. Right, so there are a variety
1: of tools that are out there, automated tools that where you can test your site, and um, wave.webaim.org is the um, one that Amber was probably talking about. Um, That's one of the best known. Um, Axe Lighthouse is another one. It's a Chrome extension that you can put in in the Spectre tools and you can um, look at there. Um, They're they're great. Those automated tools are really good and important to use because they can help save you a lot of time. Um, The important thing to remember about them is that they only catch about 30% of the accessibility issues. And... Um, you may get some false positives and false negatives. So, for instance, um, an automated, and you'll always need human kind of, you'll, you'll need to look at things with a human eye, right? Mm-hmm. The, those testing tools are never going to be enough to, to say that you're fully accessible. So, for instance, a, an, an AI tool can tell you yes or no, there's an alt tag for this image, right? right. Yes is good, bad is no, right. it's bad. You know, right. no is bad, right? Yeah. But if the alt tag is the uh, the name of the file JPEG four nine six seven eight, right? That's not compliant, right? <laughs> right. So it can give you that false, you know, the false negative that you you had. A, all the alt tags are taken care of, but when they're not really right, and so um, you want to make sure that you're using those tools as they're intended to do some basic screening. But at the same time that you're really looking at things and even like the, the tools that Amber and her team have put together are great, but it, they really require you to engage that. And, and that's the thing with accessibility. There is really no just put a plug in on or just, right. you know, pay to make it go away.
0: Yes. That you really
1: have to learn what's accessible and what's not and, and implement it regularly. So when you're putting in, you know, accessibility has, a, a, you know, some parts for WordPress, and that's what we deal with all, almost always, for WordPress, some parts of accessibility do, are in the theme. So whether your menu is accessible or not is largely controlled by your theme, for example. Um, your color contrast of your buttons uh, and, your, and your color contrast is set by your theme. But a huge piece of accessibility is your content. So when you're putting in content, are you making sure that the images have alt tags? Are you making sure that the heading, the H tags and the headings are nested, um, you know, without skipping any levels? Um, So a lot of that content piece is stuff that people are just going to have to learn and learn to do implement correctly as they go.
0: Yeah, that's a really important point. I think Amber made the same point, right? Because Accessibility Checker, I don't know if you've used it. Uh, She gave me a pro version. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was a an inaudible. Oh yeah, um. But the education part is really important. And when I look at my blog posts and I see the uh the kind of score I get, that's like, hey, you have like two H two tags in a row here, and and you or you skipped an H two tag or whatever it is, because I always forget if like yeah. the um uh, maybe there's a question you can answer for me. Uh, the the site title is an H one in most themes. Uh, which means your blog post. No,
1: no, the page title is the H1.
0: The page title is the H1. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so if I'm looking at a blog post, gosh, I should know this, but like I, I don't right now. Um. So the, if you're looking at a blog post, should the title of the blog post be an H1 or an H2?
1: Well, the title of the post or the page mm-hmm. will be the H1. Okay. And that should be styled. That should be taken care of in the theme. Yes. The theme should yes. handle that for you. Yes. And then when you start putting in H tags for for kind of organizing your content, you should start with H2s and you can go, you can skip from an H2 to an H2. You just can't go from an H2 to an H4. Right. And I think people often don't quite, um, you know, uh, understand or get that you shouldn't use the H tags to style font. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. An H an h4 uh, can have as big a font as the you know as the h3 or the whatever but you know it, that you're 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 kind of organizing the content and um i i i sometimes say it's like when you were in high school english and you had to do that outline with the mm-hmm. roman numerals and the capitals and then the lowercase roman numerals yeah. and the lowercase letters and you have to kind of build it out in that way um, my team doesn't like that because who learns to do that in English class anymore is what they tell me. Right? So really, then people I, don't. That I feel
0: old. Hold on, we can talk <laughs> about this and build something more if it's going to sidetrack us. But people don't learn how to do that in English class anymore. Oh, I'm like I'm outraged. Yeah, so
1: you graduate? Well, you graduated before No Child Left Behind it really diminished education. Oh but gosh. <laughs> my wife is a college professor, and sometimes the what people have not learned in high school is quite astounding. So oh,
0: that saddens me. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. My team sometimes talks about it as file folders, nesting file mm-hmm. folders. Okay. Right. So that's a different example that yeah. you can talk about. Like the 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 whole drawer is the H1 and then you can have H2s and then nested folders, mm-hmm. but you have to make sure that you don't skip any.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm going to bet like most of my blog posts are inaccessible because it was, I guess it was just always like a mental block for me. I thought the site title was H1 the page titles is H2. So I always started in on H3s. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I better go back and fix all those. Um, I well, reckon that there's so like an yeah, a few at a time.
1: Work. And that's yeah, the thing yeah. when people get, when people realize that they've been doing something incorrectly, I mean, you can you know better, do better, right? right. That's, the, that's yes. the thing, right? When you know better, you can do better. Yes. And so when you realize that you may have not done that correctly over time, it seems, it can seem insurmountable. I mean, it just seems like this overwhelming task. I mean, uh, if you have hundreds or thousands of posts, right, to deal with. And so the key is start and do a little at a time, right? Just make a goal to do two of them a week or three a week. And just, it doesn't take very long once you figure out, and what you've done. And then, you know, just kind of make your way through them. There are some tools for doing that. Um, There's a a couple of really great alt tag checker tools. So there's a free one in the repository, and now I'm going to forget its name, but we can put it in the show notes. um, That basically, when you install the plugin, it'll show you all the images in your media library and and show you which ones are missing alt tags. Oh, great. Now, then you still need to go back and fix them. And then there's a paid tool, and It costs like mm, $200 a year. And I don't remember the name of it either. I will get it in the show notes. Um, Sorry, guys. Uh, I know it's two guys. Well, one is written by my friend, Andrew Wilder, but the other is kind of like uh, in his team. But the other one, I don't even know. But anyway, um, the other one is a really, the paid tool is really nice because it pulls in all of the existing alt tags. It will use AI to try and generate an alt tag based on what's there, you still have to go, like Amber, you know, you have still have to go in and kind of like say, oh, that's not quite right. Let me actually fill this out. But it gives you that help, that start. And then when you fix it there in using that plugin, it fixes it on every post that's used that image. So it's a really, if you have a lot of images, it's probably worth getting that paid tools.
0: Yeah, for sure. For 200 bucks, saving you hours of work. That's really interesting because yeah. as you were as we were talking about this, I thought I could probably make a plugin that loops through the content of all <laughs> of my posts and just like bump up the heading. Uh, it, I'd still need if to check you
1: that, if you knew it, that yeah. it was yeah yes. you could
0: do that I suppose yeah I'd have mm. to make sure it doesn't go above H two right so I'd have to say is this an H three change it to an H two or whatever it it would have to be yeah, smarter than you just if you knew looping. you were if you knew
1: you were consistently making the error yes. right that's the problem
0: uh, right uh, for me personally i am i'm confident i consistently make that <laughs> error um cuz you, you know why i'm confident because every time i write i write in ulysses which is a fantastic writing app um it's markdown and it exports directly to wordpress yeah and uh, i always start with an, an h2 for the document title and it bothers me uh, and then I do H3 for all subsequent headings.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I know See, for if a fact. you start fixing I was that, you could do that. Yeah, man. yeah. You might be able to do that. Yeah. I got into doing more database query stuff um, a couple years ago. We had a um, a really large site with a ton of stuff and, and, and very active site. And mm-hmm. we were going to be doing a new theme for them. And there's always that problem where yeah. you have the active site where there's WooCommerce or an active mm-hmm. blog or whatever. And then like, you've got to pull that back together. So I was experimenting with a plugin that purportedly was going to merge in the changes from the production site. And in the testing, it looked all great, but during the time we had it in, uh, in development, it got stuck in some kind of a loop with gravity forms entries. And I had 15 million with an M uh, additional uh, extraneous entries that it was, it just, I just had to start learning how to write queries to get stuff out because it was so huge I couldn't even get it to load. And
0: geez, that's horrifying. Yeah. There was there was a plugin a few it was years crazy. back that I guess was not viable uh, market wise. It was MergeBot by Delicious Brains.
1: Right. By the time I was looking at this, they'd already pulled that off. Oh
0: man, and this I, was another
1: one. Yeah. But it's a difficult problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a it's a it's not an easy problem to solve. I get yeah. that. So. That's anyway, why I, I learned how to do a little bit of uh, SQL.
0: Very nice. Very nice. I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we can talk about that and build something more because I have some fun stories. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or anyplace else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander, Snippet, it takes seconds. Text expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get twenty percent off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com/podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. We haven't even talked about the the service yet the website accessibility sampling audit tell us how that works how you put it together why you put it together all that fun stuff so
1: you might want an audit an accessibility audit of your site to help you know what things are wrong. Like you have been doing some of these things to try and fix things, but there may be still things that you're not sure are problems yet. And it is difficult with accessibility to know. um, It's kind of like SEO, knowing where you're kind of moving toward. It's a moving target or it's kind of fuzzy sometimes. So getting an audit is a great thing to do. Traditionally, an accessibility audit would look at every single page in detail and give you a detailed report of every single page of your website. And as you might imagine, as it, uh, that's a labor intensive thing because th- that's a lot of work. And so even if you have a, a, a moderate sized site, it could run you into tens of thousands of dollars. And so what we discovered is that by and large, if you have problems on with accessibility on your site, you can catch a lot of those with, with a sample of your content. So we developed a, an audit that was taking a sample of your content, and then you as the site owner can get this report, and then you have to extrapolate from there. If on your site audit we note that you have images without alt tags you probably have a lot more than those on the uh, than on the pages we looked at and we so we try to work with folks to do um around 25 urls um uh, or so um even the blog even sites that are really big blogs with thousands of posts you really don't need more than about three or four posts to mm-hmm. do that unless you have had you have a, a a blog with a variety of authors. So we mm-hmm. try to tell people, pick you know try to get all of your page templates represented. Try and get um, a a hit a good kind of representative sample of content through time. So like maybe you know you if you start changing and doing better um, with your H tags now, it, and, but we're only looking at those. We might not pick up that you still have uh, that problem earlier, gotcha. right? So we we want to look at content creation through time. We want to get a variety of the authors on the, on the blog. So maybe one person is continuing to do this one thing that is creating accessibility issues. Look at various features. If you're doing a, you know, a a WooCommerce site or a, a, um, Um, some other e-commerce site, you know, you want to look at the checkout process. Mm -hmm. You want to look at um, if it's a membership site, looking at at the process for doing that Um, and just try to work with them to come up with um, around 25 URLs to look at in terms of doing that. And then we produce a big, you know, a report. Um, Often the reports are more than 15 pages. We actually give them um, a list of everything we looked for whether or not they violated it. Okay. So they know what we checked for. We use those those automated tools, but then we have human beings checking the page. And then if we run into something where we're not sure uh, about, um, we'll call in our consultants and uh, have people with actual disabilities looking at the content as well. And then we do include an hour of consultation time at the end. So um, then you can jump into a Zoom call. We can explain it to you. We can demo problems for you, uh, show you why it's a problem. Um, and people, some people find that really um, helpful. Um, if you want, you can bring your, de- uh, we don't need to do the remediation, but if you have a regular developer you work with, you can bring them on the call and we can make it more of a technical call about how they might need to fix that or what they might want to do to fix a problem. So
0: That's great. That actually, it, that sounds a lot like when uh, when Gutenberg first rolled out, I created a course. Uh, and I basically said like how to audit your website to see if it's ready for Gutenberg and yeah, very similar page templates. I love I said just like pick a sampling of old and new posts, but content through time is a very nice snappy way to put it. I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and I think that's great. Authors, various features, things like that. Um, and then the 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 one hour consultation at the end. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Garman came on the show a few weeks ago. They have an, a a WooCommerce performance site audit. Um, yep. Also includes some consultation time. I, do you think this is this was not a planned question or anything like that? But um, do you think that the audit has been uh, a, a good addition to your business? Like, do you think it's helped your business a lot? Because it seems like it's an idea that's catching on more, at least in the WordPress space. <sighs>
1: Um, it is. And I, I do think we are, um, you know, we have to be careful about taking on too many. We only onboard and do, we only start, it takes about two weeks, start mm-hmm. to finish. Um, and we only onboard one a week. Okay. Um, just because it represents us, you know, a pretty good chunk of labor for us. And yeah. keeping up with our other projects is, is kind of a, you know, priority yeah, <laughs> in terms yeah. of pay, paying the bills. But, um, yeah, it's a, it is a good thing. And we're able to do, you know, because most of an accessibility audit is done from the front end, we're able to do audits on, on sites that are not WordPress, Yeah, right? We can do a Shopify site or, yeah. a, you know, uh, um, well, a Wix or Weebly site, yeah. but those folks don't tend to want to, right, <laughs> to right. do those kind of things, <laughs> right? But, but um You know, you can do it on any any kind of other platform that someone might want to do. And then, um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a, a, people are increasingly concerned. I'm seeing that more niche driven. Um, so for a bit, we were working, we had a ton of audits for food bloggers. So, um, a pretty fa- uh, well-known food blogger got sued around accessibility and it just raised that awareness for everybody that they, um, so while on the one hand, a, you know, a good number of them are like, I don't want to get sued, but, but they also do notice that it's a, you know, n- no, that it's a, uh, it's an Important thing to do. They they can increase their audience. It yeah. gives more people access to their content. So they, they definitely aren't just anxious about being sued. And I want to be careful about not throwing around, you know, uh the fear monger right. kind of right. thing. It's not about I mean it is about not getting sued at one level, but but it's also that you there are a lot of really great reasons to make your site accessible, and so
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll say I've said this on the show before. Uh, people ask me how I grew my show so quickly. And I think one of the big growth points in this show's history is when I added transcripts. I saw a definite increase in traffic to the site and even an increase in listenership. Like, uh, sometimes it's not just, you, you know, uh, the deaf and hard of hearing who want to read the transcript. It's people who maybe can't listen at that moment and or maybe they want to read along while they, while they listen right it's i
1: have seen i have seen um uh, stats go by that say that 80% of the videos on linkedin are played without sound wow that-
0: 80% that's and it's very high.
1: It's pretty high like that for Facebook too. And if you think about, I think about that, well, one of the times when I'm surfing LinkedIn is, uh, you know, in the early morning when I don't want to wake somebody up mm-hmm. or when we're also, you know, I'm in a waiting room somewhere yeah. pre-COVID, but, you know, <laughs> uh, or, you know, where I just can't listen, but I sure watch videos go by and yeah, know, the captions and yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I mean, uh, that's super interesting, 80%. That's wild. Um, for me, it's it's usually maybe I listened or watched something and I, I remember a phrase and I want to find that phrase, right? Um, and so even, even for those who do listen or watch with the sound on, the transcripts or the captions, the searchable text is invaluable to a lot of people. Um,
1: well, so. you're getting the search engine... Juice yeah, from that, yeah, exactly, too, right,
0: yeah.
1: And um, it, when you think about captions, uh, you have to think about whether it is um, if it's a video, right. Often you're doing captions because the video is conveying something of the conversation or the the interaction as well. Mm-hmm. But for a podcast, doing the transcript, um, well, I often do listen to podcasts at time and a half or. You know, yeah. I, I bump yep. it up, right? Same. If you got a transcript for me to read, it's it's much faster, right? For, I can read a lot faster than I can listen.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So awesome.
1: People that are time—it's not just um, you know—it's situations where I might be time pressed and I just want to skim through stuff.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Events Calendar, the original calendar for WordPress. This free plugin helps you with calendaring, ticketing, and more powerful tools to help you manage your events from start to finish. Whether you run school events, concerts at a venue, or fundraisers for nonprofits, the Events Calendar gives you the tools you need to make it your own. And with the Events Calendar Pro, you can create custom views, recurring events, add your own custom fields to events, and much more. Run virtual events? No problem. With the Virtual Events add on, you can quickly and easily manage your online only or hybrid events. With deep Zoom integration, custom virtual event coding for search engine optimization, and the ability to embed video feeds directly on your website, The events calendar makes putting virtual and hybrid events together easier, and I can't stress this one enough. Let me tell you, I have tried to roll my own webinar software, my own live stream event software, and it is difficult, and I have 20 years experience making websites. The events calendar is the tool that you need to make virtual events a lot easier. You can even sell tickets and only show the stream to ticket holders. If you run events, whether in person or online, you need the events calendar. Head on over to howibuilt.it slash events to learn more. That's howibuilt.it slash events to start running your events more efficiently today. Thanks so much to the events calendar for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. I know some some well-known big time podcasters who have kind of poo pooed transcripts because they don't feel the added cost is worth it. And I'm just like, it's, first of all, you're, you're making more money than I am podcasting. Uh, even if you don't use like rev is expensive. My virtual assistant transcribes the videos I send her. So I know that she like understands the task at hand. Um, and she, it, she transcribed a, tw- a 30 minute video in like three hours d- worth it d- worth because I d- worth it to pay her that it's cheaper than Rev. Uh, right. And there's, and, well, there's, and there's some other
1: services that are yeah. up and coming too. And yeah. I think we will see more and more of those. Yeah.
0: I've yeah. been, I've been using otter.ai. Um, any place that mm-hmm. offers an educational discount, oh, I- I, I'll i grab it. <sighs>
1: I just um, I just heard about Otter today in another... I was in a meeting this morning and somebody mentioned that one. How funny. I what's hadn't that, heard about them What's before. that
0: called? That's called something. You hear about it once and you hear about it everywhere. Synchronicity. Oh, man. there's It's, it's oh, this, the something effect. I'll look it up for the post-show. Mm. Um, but anyway, we could talk tools all day. I mean, I guess that's helpful, right? <laughs> it's an accessibility show. But yeah, Otter, otter.ai and Descript both offer educational discounts. So if you have a .edu address... uh. You can get it at like half price, so I'll I'll just snag those, and I've been pretty happy with Otter. There's a few things, but it's it's AI transcription, so
1: right. And I don't know if there's a if it kind of produces a transcript, but I do know that I've been seeing going around that Zoom is giving for Zoom me they're giving like free um, on the fly tr- um, closed captioning for meetings. Yes, but if that gets saved in a file, that would be. You should check that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's
1: yeah. a way to turn that on in your account Nice. or for your person. But if it, but you know, if it saves the, even if it's, you know, uh, um, live transcription stuff like that is often um, a little buggy, but right. you know, at least you've got something to start with from, yeah. from there.
0: Right. And then you, again, you can have, you can hire an editor to to edit it or have your virtual assistant read through and just spell check and, it's probably easier for them so yeah absolutely um gosh this has been super great um as as we wrap up uh if somebody wants to to get started um maybe they have a website and they're not sure if it's accessible what are some tips to get started <sighs>
1: Um, well, the first would be, don't be tempted by the, um, what are called the overlay plugins. So it's big business right now. Those overlay plugins have huge amounts of venture capital pouring in. So their ads are everywhere and they want to suck you in with just buy our service and you won't, you will everything will be taken care of and they don't. Um, so don't get sucked in with that. And then just start, um, you know, Just start educating yourself about what needs to be there. I say the very base kinds of pieces are the things that we've already talked about in this podcast. You know your alt tags and your heading tags, and then um, just start trying to work your way through testing your site, uh, getting your content squared away. Um, But ask questions. There are tons of people out on Twitter and LinkedIn and other places that are willing to um, when if you have a question, um, willing to to look at that and um, give you some. Uh, you know, not free consulting, but point you in the direction of some resources.
0: Awesome, yeah, um, that's that's fantastic. And with with all tags, uh, again, I think I brought this up on the show previously, but I, I do want to drive this point home. It's it's less like uh, it should it should be as descriptive as reasonably possible, right? Is that kind of the way right. to put it? So like right, uh, if, yeah we have a yeah.
1: we have a blog post that should come out on our um, site in another couple of weeks about alt tags, but uh, in we're in process with it. But yeah, you you want to make it descriptive of the image, um, but you never want to put in uh, the word image or photo or. Uh, Mm. graphic or anything like that because the screen reader reads that out loud the screen reader already tells someone that it's an image Ah. and so you would just say you know um father and child playing on the beach okay on a sunny day okay i mean you know yeah um it shouldn't be too horribly long but it should be uh you know it can be if it's a photo of a person it can say um Photo of Joe Casabona, an incredibly good-looking Italian man.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. You're you're I mean, making, you could put
1: that you can put that in your you know you can embellish your alt text.
0: Yeah, away. there you go. People will probably picture like Fabio or something. Maybe Fabio is like they can look you up. old old timey reference. You need a a, a newer a good-looking <laughs> Italian man. But um, yeah, so that's that's interesting, right? So like a uh, father and daughter on beach on a sunny day is good, but like maybe like father and daughter on beach, sunny day, uh, with like red pail, and father's wearing like green swim trunks. Like that's too much, right? Too much detail. Okay. Too much detail. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, if you've got, I mean, the much harder thing to do is when, uh, well, the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to put, um, anything in a, in a meme like image with text on the top. Okay. That's, I mean, people do that a lot. They just go to Canva and they'll, you know, make make a little meme thing to promote an event Mm -hmm. or to promote you know whatever and the the thing is when you do that you need to make sure that you're providing alternatives for that so um you can do it but you just want to make sure that so for instance we we have clients where they're doing a lot of event driven pieces they might make that graphic but then in the In the text of the post, they need to so that the alt text on the graphic can say "graphic promoting this event," um, details in the post below, and then the person can skip into the content and get the details.
0: Yeah, details in the post below. That's that's another thing that was mentioned that I think Amber mentioned. Uh, Yeah,
1: and yeah. But the thing is, you know, if if you don't if you only put up that little Canva image that's kind of meme like, Mm -hmm. Google can't see that text either. Right. 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 So you're not getting any search engine juice off of that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. But so you wouldn't necessarily want to want to have that exact text in the alt tag if it's also like the title of the post and mentioned in the, in the post below. Is that accurate?
1: Right. Okay. Right. It doesn't need just it. Like it just becomes repetitive. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Cool. Cool.
1: And actually people who are using screen readers, which the alt text is about people who are using screen readers, yeah. um, they they tend to, like the rest of us, they skim through content, <laughs> right? When we all go to a website, we just skim through and we're looking at the headings and we're looking for what interests us, right? We don't really, we're not really reading every word. Yeah. And so people who are using screen readers are skimming through and they're skimming through to look at the headings, H tags come back to play, mm-hmm. and the links. And you want to make sure your links are set up so that the, the link text, the part that gets underlined or made into a color or what you know, whatever that effect is, but that link text is descriptive because often they're just skimming through the text and having the screen reader read out that text to them. <laughs> and so if all of your link texts say, click here, click here, click here, yeah. there's no
0: context. Oh, they're geez. gone. Wow. Um all right. Lots of so real, lots of real. Click here to
1: learn more about accessibility. Yeah. Click here to do blah, blah, blah. Click here to download a blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. Love that. Right. And then I guess yeah. the same with buttons, right? You don't just want to say like, click here. You want to say like, "right um, enroll today is usually what I put, but maybe I put enroll today in podcast liftoff or whatever.
1: Right. I mean, yes, potentially. And then you remembering that buttons are really just Link. Links, yeah. Text, really, yeah.
0: yeah so, so if yeah. I have this, will be the last question before we wrap up. We've been talking forever. It's, it's, you said it's that just, before. I, I, I know, I know. It's just such a great <laughs> conversation. Um, this is mostly for me, and I hope the listeners are getting oh. something out of it. Um, so with anchor tags, right, you can add a, a title text, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What's the utility of the title text? Can I say like enroll in the clickable text and then have a title that has more context, or is that kind of like frowned upon?
1: Uh, Oh, you're asking me more of a technical question now. Um,
0: there, I'm sure there's an answer, but okay. I don't know. It. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good answer too. Cause that means is <laughs> at least that, at least you weren't presented with some hard opinion on it. Right. So, uh, I'll well, find something. You got
1: to remember I'm very rarely anymore in the content <laughs> in that way.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll find a link for the show notes for that. Um, because that's cool. Again, we didn't talk about that. It just, it just came to yep. my brain and I yep. wanted to ask. Um, yep. before for we sure. wrap up, you gave us some great tips. Uh, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Oh yeah. Just don't get hooked into those overlay things. They are, you know, I, I really try not to, um, say this very often about, but they're really kind of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, a, they purport to fix all your problems, but they can only deal with the 30% that's AI. Right? Um, they kind of make it sound like you won't get sued if you use them, but that's not really the case. And actually, we're seeing some cases where people are being targeted because they're using mm. them. And the, the predatory lawsuit, people know that they can't it can't take care of everything um they're they're hooking people in in a way that just feels kind of manipulative and not very um res- yeah, i don't know just yeah. not a good heart it's, behind it's, that yeah, it's snake and because it's sneak oil it really yeah. is and because it's a it's an overlay so it's fixing all of your you know it's fixing some of those accessibility problems on the fly as your page is loading which is adds extra bloat slows your site down. Google is increasingly focusing on speed. So it's not great for your, you know, search engine kind of results and all of that as well. And you still, as long when you stop paying for that service, all of those problems are still there. You haven't fixed anything. You're paying all that money to this service over time and nothing's getting fixed.
0: That's, that's really interesting. So this overlay, these overlay products are not like, here's what's wrong. It's like, here's what we're telling you is wrong and we're just going to add a little JavaScript to fix it or whatever.
1: It's like, let us add this little, uh, we'll try and fix the things we can fix. So they'll use AI to put in, um, alt tags, tags. okay. Which may or may not be correct. Right. Mm -hmm. They're just guessing at the alt tags. And then they put these little, um, they put some little tools over on the side. Well, If you are a person that has a tool, an accessibility tool that you use on the web, if you have a screen magnifier or you already use some kind of colorblind filter thing you have tools that you already are familiar with that you have installed that you want to use and so those little um accessibility tools things it's kind of like look at me I'm trying to be accessible is what it comes down to and for people with disabilities it's sort of like saying to them hey you know your um you, the tool you should leave the tools that you like and know and know all the shortcuts for to use my second rate thing that's going to conf- because those tools conflict then right right, right? they cr- they create a conflict so you should leave the tools that you know and like and know all the shortcuts to and use my special tool over here that I paid minimal bucks for
0: right. It's, like a, it's almost and like a virtue it's frustrating signal, right? yeah it's
1: it's yeah. a virtue signal but it's really it's like ma- telling the person in the wheelchair and you got steps in front of your your uh, mm. restaurant you need to go around and use the ramp and come through the kitchen yeah
0: Jeez. it's really I, it's re- it's really offensive right. I think absolutely and um, it, and it just goes to show you right because I, I get that people want to be concerned
1: about accessibility but take some time to think it through and
0: yeah I mean be concerned and then find a, a an actual solution and not like some band aid, right uh that you yeah, bought at the dollar store exactly, um exactly. yeah and so it just <laughs> it just goes to that Well those services yeah. are not cheap either right. you know
1: and, and that's the thing right over time you're paying a lot of money but it's not really getting fixed it's just a kind of a cover up that's going to go away when you stop paying
0: yeah absolutely and it just goes to show you that the 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 best way you can be accessible is to write good semantic HTML and, and know the best practices. Like that's just... Yep,
1: exactly.
0: Awesome. Well, Bet, Know this better is, and do better. Yeah, know better and do better. <laughs> I love it. Um, but this has been such a great hour we've oh. been talking for. Um, we may talk <laughs> about <laughs> other stuff uh, in Build Something More, so be sure to catch our pre-show where we talk about craft beer, our post-show where we talk a little bit more over at buildsomething.club. Bet. If people want to learn more about you, and they should, where can they go to find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at bethannon.com, or bethannon is my Twitter handle. And then uh, our um, our website is bhmbizsites, B-H-M-B-I-Z-S-I-T-E-S dot com.
0: Fantastic. I will link those and lots of stuff that we talked about. This is a tool-heavy uh, episode, so it's going to be uh, long show notes over at howibuilt.it slash two one nine bet thanks so much for joining us today i really appreciate oh,
1: it's it it's been great thanks for having me
0: some thanks to everybody listening i really appreciate it uh thanks to our sponsors text expander Research content pro and the events calendar uh, until next time get out there and build something